listening to the sermon podcast from Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are honored that you are with us. At Christ Church, we believe God is alive in Holy Scripture, inspiring, challenging, and guiding us today. At Christ Church, we bring our hopes, our pain, our questions, and our doubts, and our faith as we journey together through the Bible, trusting Jesus to meet us here full of grace. Christ Lutheran Church is a special place of healing. May the healing love of God bless you today. Thank you for joining us here. So um, a few weeks ago, I found myself wandering around lost uh, around a, a Atlantic City casino on a Saturday afternoon, carrying around a Navy dress uniform. I was one of the few who had come to this casino for the Marine Corps' birthday ball who did not have a hotel room. Because unlike the young Marines and their dates, I was not going to be partying late in the night because I had to go to church the next morning. Not that I'm complaining. I was looking desperately for a place in this casino to change. I couldn't find a helpful employee. I don't know if it's because of shortages in staff or, it, you know, the only people in this casino were actually kiosks. The people were going to the kiosks to get their keys, so I couldn't even talk to somebody about finding a place to change. I was looking desperately. There was no bathroom there that was suitable for changing into a formal uniform. And I could tell, I was beginning to tell, there were a lot of people looking at me, a lot of eyes on me. And some of those, I could tell because of their very sharp haircuts, were young Marines still in their civilian clothes, wondering uh, what in the world is this officer doing pacing around the casino Clearly, I was out of place. Finally, I ducked into this uh, clothing store and I asked the clerk if I could borrow the dressing room. She was thoroughly confused, but she let me use what was actually a very nice fitting room. And as I was changing out of my jeans and sweatshirt into my dress blues and adjusting my bow tie and lining up my medals, I thought, boy, do I feel out of place. There's literally no, there's no place for me here. And so I got out of the dressing room. She was even more confused. So I bought two pairs of socks to thank her for allowing me to use that dressing room. And I found my way finally to the ballroom as the Marines were gathering, decked out in their finest with their dates. And this happened to be my very first day with this particular unit. So I really didn't even know anyone yet. I milled around the ballroom. I talked to a few folks who took pity on me. Apparently the only person there without a beautiful date. At least I was dressed appropriately, but I still have to tell you, I still felt out of place. People took their seats and the ceremony began and the MC welcomed the 300 or so Marines and their guests and said, Now, please welcome Chaplain Stockstill, Lieutenant, United States Navy, for the invocation. And I came to the podium. I asked everyone to join me in prayer. And there, leading this holy moment, I finally, I found my place. 
I'm quite certain there were a few wondering if this was the guy they saw moments earlier wandering around in the casino, sweating, looking for his place. But what a relief it is when you find your place, when you know that you have found your place, isn't it? Isn't it such a relief? We've been reading the book of Ruth together in the series that we've called A Place for You Here, because Ruth shows us how God prepares a place for Ruth in the family of God in the town of Bethlehem. We've noted uh, how the fact that, that Ruth and Naomi and Boaz, they, the fact that they have a place in the Bible teaches us that we all then have a place in the story of God. And I want you to know that there is a place for each of you here, here in, in the story of God, but here in the church, in the family of God. It's not always easy to find our place, but I am grateful that this church, folks like Ashley and Angelie, help make it possible, make sure that people know that there is a place for them here, no matter what. We see this at work as we come to the end of the story of Ruth today. Uh, Jim just read for us this kind of confusing encounter between Boaz and another one of his relatives. Now, you may remember from last week that Ruth had just asked Boaz to take her as his wife. And he was so honored. I, I think he really loved Ruth. He, he wanted to marry her, but there were actually some legal issues standing in the way. Ruth is a foreigner, and she is the widow of Boaz's relative. Technically, in ancient law, Ruth would be considered part of her husband's property. And when he died, all of that property could be sold to his next of kin. Now, Ruth, when she proposed to Boaz, she didn't know that he was not the next of kin. Someone else was. So Boaz has to go and clear this business up. So he and the man, we don't know the man's name, but we know he was a cousin of uh, Ruth's deceased husband. They go and they talk this out. And Boaz asks him if he would be willing to buy this property from Naomi, Ruth's mother-in-law. And, you know, we, 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 don't, we don't want this man to buy this property from, from Naomi because we want Boaz to be able to marry Ruth. If, if this man accepts this property, buys this property, then, then he is inheriting a new wife. We don't want that to happen. We want Boaz to be able to marry Ruth. Ruth wants to be able to marry Boaz. Boaz wants to be able to marry her. And to our shock and our disappointment, the man agrees to buy this property. Now, we can only imagine that Boaz's heart must have sunk to his stomach. But he just calmly adds, by the way, um, the man's property, the property that you're buying, it includes his widow, the Moabite, Ruth. Now, I don't know exactly why, but this changed everything for the man. He, he, he was going to buy the land, but now he says, I, I, well, no, I can't. I can't because this will mess up my inheritance, so I've got to pass on the deal. Which means that Boaz is clear to buy the land and to fulfill Ruth's desire 
to marry him, his desire to marry her. Boaz trusts God and trusts the system to make the way clear. And finally, for Ruth to have a place in this family and in the people of God. Now, to finalize the deal, it was customary in those days that Boaz and the other relative exchange a Birkenstock sandal. This is how the story continues. It says, to confirm the transaction, the one took off a sandal and gave it to the other. This was the manner of attesting in Israel. Remember, this is 3,000 years ago in a completely different culture. This was the practice of showing uh, that this is a, a validated transfer. Imagine we, we would sign documents, right? We put your name there. He handed over his sandal. So then Boaz said to the elders and all of the people, today you are witnesses that I have acquired from the hand of Naomi all that belonged to Elimelech and all that belonged to his sons, Chilion and Milan. Now I have also acquired Ruth, the Moabite, the wife of Milan, to be my wife, to maintain the dead man's name on his inheritance, in order that the name of the dead may not be cut off from his kindred and from the gate of his native place. And today you are witnesses. Now we've been focusing a lot in this series on the kindness and the compassion, the faithfulness, the hesed of Ruth her strength, and her courage. And it's Ruth's character that, that really made Boaz fall in love with her. He told her uh, last week that while they were talking on the threshing floor, how much he valued her. He told her that he saw in her the strength of an army. But I want to point out the peculiar strength of Boaz today. Here is a man who has remained single until late in life, who falls in love, but who places his desires before the law of God, trusting God to work things out. Maybe you've heard of um, toxic masculinity. You heard that phrase, toxic masculinity? I don't want to dwell on that really other than to say, if you just look at the news some week like this week, you can see some of the more toxic traits of some men on display. But I want to lift up Boaz's positive masculinity. Boaz demonstrates positive masculinity for any culture, in any time. And it makes me wonder, what shapes a man like Boaz? Boaz is a man who is attuned to the feelings of Ruth. From the very beginning, he sees all of her wonderful qualities, qualities that he celebrates in her. He, he admires, he tells her this, he admires her sacrifices, especially the ones that he knows that she had to make as an immigrant. He comforts her in her fear. He talks to her about God in a tender and affirming way. He's sensitive to her needs, to her dignity, and he treats her with gentle but not patronizing respect. He supports her as, he, as she finds her own place in this new town and culture. And he's not afraid to be vulnerable. He's not afraid for people to see 
his vulnerability. This is what God-ordained positive masculinity looks like. What contrib- but what, I, I'm left wondering what, what contributed to Boaz's positive masculinity. How did he find his place here? Well, perhaps Boaz is especially sensitive because of the way that he was raised and who, in particular, raised him. According to the Gospel of Matthew, Boaz's mother was Rahab. Do you remember Rahab? Talked about Rahab several weeks ago, back when we were reading through Joshua. Rahab, if you remember, was a Canaanite woman. She lived in the wall outside uh, before Joshua was able to to get in and, and conquer the city. Uh, She lived in this wall, and she's known as a sex worker. It was Rahab who harbored the Jewish spies who came to her house, and she saved their lives. She's known in various places then throughout the Bible. She's known as Rahab the prostitute. But in the Gospel of Matthew, she is known as Rahab, Boaz's mama. Boaz was raised by a woman who was never able to escape her past. He was raised by a father who took Rahab as his wife, knowing that she had a life and a history before him. Rahab, like Ruth, was a non-Jewish foreigner who became a follower of God. So Boaz grew up knowing something about women who had to overcome adversity, who had to work to find their place. Women who have known love and hardship. Boaz grew up with a man who did not let someone's past forever shadow their future. Who was not afraid to fall in love with someone of a different culture, a different faith even. Even though the law of the time said that it was not allowed. Boaz told Ruth that she was a worthy woman, that she He saw in her the strength of an army. And could it be that he saw in Ruth something that he'd seen before, something that lit a fire in him, something that he had been waiting for for a long time, something he had only ever seen in his own mother, Rahab. And Boaz is not the only honorable man in this story. The men of the community, the elders that he gathered to witness the legal proceedings, they too show some positive masculinity. So Ruth is a widow, a foreigner. She is new to the faith of these men. In many communities today, it would be hard for Ruth to ever truly escape her outsider status, to ever be celebrated for finding her place. In our day, folks may look at Ruth moving into the neighborhood and and feel a little uncertain, a little afraid of somebody of her culture, that they would soon replace their own culture in that place. They may be nice to her, but, but they probably won't be too joyful about it. But in Bethlehem, they did things the right way. The leaders of Bethlehem, they came together to witness this interracial, intercultural marriage and rather than whisper about Ruth's past and wonder how much she could really believe in God and talk about how it's hard to understand her with that accent and wonder how she'll truly assimilate to their culture. These men instead, these men of the city of Bethlehem, they celebrate and they bless Boaz and Ruth 
And they, they, they do, and this is what they say. This is what they say. They say, may the Lord make the woman who's coming into your house, Boaz, may the wo- Lord make the woman who's coming into your house, may she be like Rachel and Leah. Rachel and Leah were the great matriarchs of their faith, of their culture. May she be like them who together built up the house of Israel, which is about the greatest welcome and praise they could have possibly given. They are saying that they hope that Ruth is not only at home in Bethlehem, they hope that Ruth uses, that the Lord uses her like the great mothers of their people, Rachel and Leah, and that Ruth will be part of the building up of their whole nation. They are saying not just, well, welcome, we're you know, glad to have you, glad we could help. They are saying more than good luck, God bless you. The people of Bethlehem are saying to this widowed immigrant, there is a place for you here. We hope that you don't just fit in. We hope that the whole nation is made great through you. This is the Make Israel Great campaign. It's the immigrant married to the son of a sex worker that these folks see will make their nation great. Wow. I talk about hopeful patriotism, what they believe about their nation and makes their nation great. We do have a lot to learn from Ruth and Boaz and the whole people of Bethlehem. Because what are folks around here? The folks who who talk on the news and make posts on the internet, the folks who who say they follow God, what if they followed the Bible and they acted like the people of Bethlehem? What if our citizens looked at a man like Boaz, the son of a foreign sex worker who marries a widowed immigrant, and they said, you know what, you are what is great about our faith and about our people. What if we valued the incredible army-like strength that we see in folks like Ruth and Rahab who have survived great adversity? What if our nation, like Bethlehem, looked at the courage and the strength and the hopes and the dreams of immigrants and saw our hope for a great future? There's a place for you here. May God continue to bless our nation through you. You are what makes America great. So, story goes, Boaz took Ruth. She became his wife. And when they came together, the Lord made her conceive and she bore a son. The women of Bethlehem that came to Naomi, now a proud grandmother, they said, blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without next of kin. And may his, this baby, may this baby's name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. And for your daughter-in-law, your daughter-in-law, Ruth, who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons, has borne him. And then Naomi took the child laid him in her bosom and became his nurse. And the women of the neighborhood, they gave him a name, saying, a son has been born to Naomi. 
Now you remember all the way back at the beginning, Naomi, she came home to Bethlehem, a woman bitter from the deaths of her husband and her sons. But now her daughter-in-law has found love and security and a bubbly little boy who she can't stop hugging and kissing. And the women of Bethlehem who once shook their heads in pity now celebrate with her joy. Naomi had thought that God had abandoned her, but her friends see how God is healing her through this new life. So there's Naomi caring for her grandson. And perhaps Ruth is there, I'm sure, full of love and gratitude, looking on and glowing when the women of the neighborhood of Bethlehem came to her son and they gave him his name. And they said, they, they named him Obed. And Obed, he grew up. And he became the father of Jesse. And Jesse grew up and he became the father of David. And you know what? David became the greatest king that Israel ever knew. Ruth's is a story of ordinary people. People who had lost and wandered and despaired and loved and hoped and worked hard and overcame. And they showed vulnerability. They welcomed strangers and foreigners. And while God does not show up as a character in this whole story, God shows up all over the place, just like today, in the power of God working through ordinary people, faithful people. God shows up through the hesed, the loving kindness and faithfulness of God lived out in Boaz and Ruth and Naomi and the women and men of Bethlehem just the way that God shows up through you. So let it be clear, beloved. God has a place in this story, and God has a place in your story. Further, you have a place in God's story and in God's kingdom. God's kingdom there is a place for everyone, a place that will welcome those with troubled backgrounds, those from different cultures, those who come from different faiths and nations, there is a place for you here, and that place is celebrated by God. Ruth attests to that. But I have to wonder, this is just me, the fear and the phobia being stoked in our nation today and around the world is pure and simply contrary to the testimony of God in Scripture. And you just have to look at the story of Ruth and Rahab to see that. Final word about Ruth. The Gospel of Matthew, I said, it begins with a genealogy, tells us who's related to who going all the way back. And in the middle of this family tree, there is Rahab, And she is, like I said, she's not listed as a prostitute. She's listed as the mother of Boaz. And and so then there is Ruth in the family tree, the grandmother of King David. And then as you follow the tree on down, you get to Jesus. God shows up in this story. For in a real sense, Ruth and Rahab 
were the women who brought God into the world. The immigrant women who were Jesus's grandmothers. And we, indeed, are witnesses of these things, beloved. God has done it before. God will do it again. We can only trust then that there is a place for you here. And there is a place for those like Ruth here too. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are glad that you joined us today for the sermon podcast from Christ Lutheran Church, Harrisburg. We welcome you to visit us in person if you're in the area. Visit our website, ChristHarrisburg.org, to find out more about our church and the free medical clinics we offer here. That's ChristHarrisburg.org. The music at the top and that you hear now is by Shane Ivers. May God be with you until we meet again.